around here. Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Peter Cohen. He's the Mac guy over at iMore. And we'll also hear from John Martellero from the Mac Observer. We'll be talking about, of course, iOS 9 and quite a few other things on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> So we have Peter Cohen joining us right now. The big smile on his face, or is that a smirk? It says, keep calm and use a Mac. That's his avatar on Skype. Are you just self-satisfied? I am indeed, because I'm a Mac user, and because Mac users are, of course, self-satisfied. No, it's, it's advice that I give people. You know, keep calm and use a Mac. You'll be a lot more calm than using the competition, that's for sure. Until you hear Donald Trump on TV, then you can't be calm. Well... Yeah, but that's an external force. Such as it is. There's a story today that Apple is appealing to the Supreme Court over the ebook price-fixing case where they lost, the antitrust case. So what's going on with that? Now, the other publishers who were involved in this all caved almost immediately. But Apple decided to stick it out. Yeah. I mean, back in June, Apple failed to get an appeals court in Manhattan to um, overturn a ruling that came down back in 2014 that would um, have, have caused Apple to pay $450 million um, over this, this issue related to, uh, to, to, to price fixing. So Apple was found guilty of uh, fixing ebook pricing with ebook publishers for the launch of iBooks um, back in 2010 when it came out on the original iPad. That move in and of itself was there to have build some competition for Amazon, which was, you know, selling books for, uh, for, for, for a lot less than what Apple was, was trying to do, uh, with, with iBooks. But uh, the bottom line is Apple lost the case. So, uh, Apple, uh, went to an appeals court in Manhattan. Uh, they, 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 they failed to get any traction there. So now they're trying to go to the Supreme Court. Now, understand the Supreme Court only takes a few dozen cases a year. So the chances of any individual case, unless it's really high profile, are very small, not because of the benefits, but whether these people even want to bother or have the time to bother. That's right, yeah. So at this point, it's a little early to make any guesses, but where do you think Apple's going to go? Is this the end of it? It has to be the end, obviously. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, the, the Supreme Court is the law is the highest law of the land, so it's 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 the Supreme Court or bust. Uh, and from here, you know, the only thing Apple could do would be to try to use its influence to um, uh, sway legislative change, you know, in Congress. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Supreme Court. If the Supreme Court hears the case, then that's you know ultimately going to uh, to determine the 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 outcome here. Right. There's no way to appeal that unless the laws were changed or something. And then Apple would have to do whatever Apple has to do. So do you have any feeling where you think it's going to go? We can't predict these nine minds, but why not try? 
Oh no, I, w- I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I'm not interested in in, in prognosticating uh, the what the Supreme Court might do. Absolutely not. Well, the irony is, if the Supreme Court says no and they send out the response on their iPhones, hmm. yeah, that would be ironic, wouldn't it? Because I kind of bet a lot of them do use iPhones and iPads, just a bet. Yeah, but the the question isn't about you know the the what, what device they use. It's it's about uh, whether or not Apple was in the right to to try to make a an arrangement with publishers in the way that it did. The lower courts have already said no, so we'll see if the upper court feels any differently. Well, we understand the point. I'm just making a silly comment. Now, speaking of iPhones and stuff, of course, iOS nine was released. iOS nine, yes. iOS nine was released on Wednesday, the sixteenth. Now, early in the game, I heard some people had download problems. Did you encounter anything? I didn't because I upgraded on my Mac. Um, I connected my, I tethered my iPhone to my Mac using a lightning cable. And I uh, downloaded the update through iTunes because I didn't want to have to deal with any over-the-air complications. And I'm glad that I didn't because I, I avoided that problem completely. Well, also, when you have a situation like that, it may not be Apple. It may be your wireless carrier that's saturated. Could very well be. Again, involving iTunes sort of took that out of the equation. Well, I had an unusual experience. I updated three devices, an iPhone 5C, an iPad Air 2, and an iPhone 6. Now, in the case of the iPad Air 2 and the iPhone 6, it went through a double upgrade process. So it downloads, installs the upgrade. This is on iTunes on the Mac. And then it installs a second update. Hmm, okay. Right. On the iPhone 5C, just one. Maybe there was some kind of configuration profile. Maybe it was because these devices were all using the Golden Master Seed before running this update. And that's a point to make here. If you were a public beta tester, you'll suddenly be getting... A request for an update, you might wonder, well, I got the Golden Master Seed, the GM Seed. Why should I be getting this message? And the point is that since the Seed was released, Apple made further changes. Yeah, hence WatchOS uh, 2 getting uh, delayed temporarily. What happened with that? Well, uh, all we know for sure is that Apple sent out a message to select uh, news uh, sites the morning um, that iOS 9 was to be released. We were expecting iOS 9 and watchOS 2 to get released together, uh, saying that there was a last-minute problem with watchOS 2 that would prevent it from being distributed, but it would be coming soon. Now, as we record this, um, that hasn't happened yet, although we expect it to happen imminently as soon as Apple um, gets whatever it had to get fixed, fixed. Well, it's better than situations where they release something and have to release something new the next day. And we remember the iOS 8.0.1 release where the iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus would be bricked by that update. And it was withdrawn within an hour and fixed the very next day. And restoring those devices would address the problem because they would simply restore the previous operating version, the operating system version. But Apple really got attacked in the media over that, more so than you've ever seen. And people still repeat it. Wow, look what happened last year. They released this update and all those iPhones were impacted. And there have been releases of Windows over the years where you download and install the update and you've got rebooting and you have all sorts of crazy crash loops. Things go wrong in a far worse fashion 
But if it happens with Apple, watch out. Well, that uh, goes to show how high the expectations of Apple users is. Um, and, you know, Apple most often doesn't let them down. So when problems like um, uh, iOS 8.01 happen, that's definitely uh, uh, something that Apple wants to repeat as infrequently as possible. Having said that, I'm much happier with them pulling watchOS 2 from general release prior to its release rather than including a showstopper that would have caused problems for people. Also, by releasing iOS 9 yesterday and setting that as a release date, if problems occurred there too, Apple could still delay it a couple of days and not impact the production and release of the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. Because in the normal course of events, as they were being set up, they would receive the updates anyway. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, these... um, uh, uh, the, the, the Apple tries to coincide the release of iOS with um, uh, the release of new hardware uh, designed to maximize, you know, a lot of what they're doing with iOS. Um, so the iPhone 6S is coming out, you know, very short, very shortly. Um, and there's no question that Apple wants to make sure that iOS 9 is ready um uh, uh, to, to, to go on those new devices because there's going to be a lot of new people coming to the platform uh, for the first time. You know, people who are Android users uh, who are switching, uh, people who are upgrading from older phones, and they're all expecting a flawless experience. Let's get to some more flawless comments here. We've got Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MaxSales.com. That's MaxSales.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids. R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Many are in disbelief today after word of shocking allegations against a Minnesota-based talk syndication company known as GCN. It's claimed that they're the fourth largest talk syndication company in the U.S., making it even more scandalous that they've been accused of helping business owners expose themselves on a massive scale. Let's go live to Tom for more on this story. It's being called the greatest exposure of our lifetime, while other business owners are beginning to step forward claiming they, too, exposed themselves with the help of GCN. It's true. They're all guilty. Every last one of them. GCN helped me get the exposure my company needed. And just think, that was years ago. Today, GCN has like 700 affiliate stations and over 6 million downloads from iTunes and their website every month. Imagine the exposure your company can get. Expose your business to the masses. Email advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. GCN. 
Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. I want to remind you that we've got a little feature of the show that's going to be premiering real soon now. It's called Tech Night Owl Minute. And we'll offer it exclusively for those of you who subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We'll also offer for a low subscription fee the ad-free version of the show with higher quality audio. So you hear Peter Cohen and John Martellaro just perfect. Me, well, I never change. Doesn't matter, but you'll hear them just perfect. And we're talking now about iOS 9, which came out on the 16th, on time, on schedule, roughly 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. And I don't know if that's staggered time around the world or the same time. How did that work out? Uh, How did what work out? I'm sorry. The timing. It came out at 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. Does Apple roll it out gradually around the world or just the same time everywhere? Does, does Apple roll it out the at the same time everywhere? Yes, absolutely. It goes live um, with the flip of a switch. So everybody gets it uh, at the same time, which happens to be, you know, 10 a.m. Pacific. So it was 1 p.m. where you are? 1 p.m. where I was, yeah. Okay, so tell us more about iOS 9. Now, some perceive that this is, oh, just a bug fix update. There can't be that much changed. And then I saw one list and I started counting up to 90 
changes and improvements, and then I stop counting. So what do we look forward to in this new release? Well, we've got to look forward to new changes to the interface. The interface has remained largely the same from iOS 8, but there's a new system font called San Francisco. Siri has a slightly new interface as well. The multitasking screen has been replaced with uh, compressed cards. Uh, the favorite is gone from the top bar. The music app has some some new stuff. Uh, keyboard uh, now changes from uppercase to lowercase when changing shift. That was actually a surprisingly controversial change and something that a lot of us were amazed hadn't happened long before now. There's a redesigned notes app. So that's just some key interface changes. There's a lot uh, that's changed under the hood. Siri has become smarter. It can now uh, show you photos and uh, apply dates and, and face metadata to it. Uh, it has contextual awareness, like, um, you know, Siri will, or your phone may show you something, and it may be something that you want to be reminded about later. So you can say stuff like, remind me about this when I'm done with work or when I get home, and uh, Siri will, will do that. Apple Music is better. Searching is much better in iOS 9. Boy, there's so much, Gene. I mean, you know, just on the top level, um, there, there's uh, better Apple Pay support. There's support for uh, Discover cards. If you um, um, uh, have a Discover credit card in your wallet, you can add that to Apple Pay now if you live in the U.S. Uh, let's see. Uh, Maps is better. Maps actually has uh, uh, public transportation in it for the first time in a number of years, ever since Apple divorced itself from Google, Google's uh, transit data. So uh, it's kind of a limited rollout. It depends on where you are. San Francisco is lucky enough to get it. Uh, 300 cities in China. Um, cities in Europe as well, and you know a, a few other cities in in, uh, in North America. Unfortunately, Boston, my hometown, does not get it yet. But that's something that we should be able to get as an over-the-air update uh, uh, at some point in the coming weeks or months. We'll see. Well, I understand here too that in order to set up these transit directions, they've got to literally have their system go into every station, check out every station, check out the entire system in those particular cities. This takes time. It also takes infrastructure and it takes connectivity with infrastructure. You know, in China's case, China's smart because, you know, it's one of these examples where central planning actually works out pretty well because uh, the information and the way that that data is collected is so centralized. It was simple for Apple to, ha to, to add a whole bunch of Chinese cities all at once. Uh, it runs a little bit differently in the United States, so you know we don't have the same kind of uh, uh, of, of ubiquitous uh, um, uh, uh, central data to, to, to tap into. Uh, land of the free, home of the brave, and all that. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, it's a little bit more scattershot here in North America. But, um, you know, we're, we'll get there. Now, the information that Apple has in Maps is actually really remarkable. If you're navigating a big cityscape like New York, for example, you can go blocks between entrances on the same uh, subway station. Um, and knowing how to navigate those large pieces of underground architecture can save you a lot of time. Siri is smart enough to figure out where the closest entrance is 
you know, for these big stations that you might be going to, and we'll direct you there. And we'll try to direct you from, from doorstep to doorstep, even if uh, multiple methods are required, you know, like subway and, uh, and bus and walking. So, uh, you know, it also integrates beautifully with the Apple Watch. If you've got the Apple Watch, then you'll get directions on your wrist. You'll get a couple of taps for left or, you know, a couple more taps for right. Works out very, very well. It's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful system when it works. When it works, obviously, when you it ha- works. we don't know. You haven't had a chance to try it because you don't live anywhere where it works. Here in Arizona, near Phoenix, we have very, very poor public transportation. So it's going to be very easy for Apple to map this area, but probably it's going to be the third tier. I assume they're going to concentrate on the places where they are more dependent on public transportation. But of course, Boston would be a primary center for that, too. Yeah, Charlie on the MTA. It's a folk song. I remember. Did he ever return? No, he never returned. No, he never returned. Now that, by the way, I understand, this is really a silly question or issue to raise. I understand when they released that song in the 60s by the Kingston Trio, it was part of a political campaign. Yes, that is is true. I think it was like a candidate for mayor that they wrote the song for, but it became a national hit. In any case, I've been on the public transportation in Boston, and I've managed to figure it out more or less. But I can see where that's going to work. Do you think it's going to take a few years to get all this together? Yeah, uh, just to get back to your uh, your previous point, um, sorry to drop the ball. Walter O'Brien was the uh, uh, Progressive Party's candidate for mayor in Boston. The MTA song, Charlie on the MTA, was um, was the, uh, the the campaign song for his, uh, his mayoral run. Uh, and of course, the Kingston Trio made it famous in the 60s back when folk music was a thing. And you know what's so funny about that? Nowadays, we have candidates for public office using music, popular music, trying to be relevant. The problem is, quite often when they do it, they forget they have to get the rights from the singers and the publishers. Yeah, it's it's act first and apologize later. It's easier to apologize than it is to get permission. That's what the inventor of COBOL, a, a woman named Grace Murray Hopper, said, right? Uh, she was a rear admiral in the uh, the Navy at the time of her retirement. But, um, you know, her comment was always, it's easier to apologize than it is to get permission. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of these these candidates do. We saw Mike Huckabee do this with uh, Kim Davis's release from jail, uh, recently playing Survivor's Eye of the Tiger, a song that everybody who lived through the 80s associates with, you know, Rocky Three, the, the uh, Sylvester Stallone movie. And, uh, you know, sure enough, within 24 hours of that happening, Survivor was suing uh, the Huckabee campaign uh, for, for, for using the song. So and they yes, pointed out here that was about athletes and training, not about something here involving politics and being arrested or protesting one's arrest or something like that. We've got Peter Cohen joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Most of us already know that taking a fish oil supplement to boost omega-3s is a good idea. But did you know that about 60% of Americans are actually deficient in omega-3s? Did you know that most fish oil products contain only about 25% omega-3s and the remaining 75% is undesirable fish fat? Heck, did you know that more than 90% of fish oil supplements sold in the USA are not even made here? If you want to boost your omega-3s using the finest American-made fish oil, check out Nutrigold Fish Oil Supplements on www.fishoil.best. Nutrigold fish oils are independently five-star certified and guaranteed to be exceptionally pure. That means no more fish burps. Best of all, just one Nutrigold fish oil capsule contains more omega-3s than four standard fish oil capsules. Go to www.fishoil.best or call 888-920-1497 and use promo code BESTFISHOIL to get a free one-month supply. That's www.fishoil.best or call 888-920-1497. My name is Dell, and I live in El Cajon, California. I was concerned about my cholesterol readings because I knew that high cholesterol is related to clogging of the arteries and increases the risk for heart attack and stroke. One day, I heard an ad for heart and body extract, and I was skeptical, but I decided to give it a try. Man, the numbers don't lie. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Turn on the news and you'll hear stories of natural disasters, political unrest, and financial crisis. In times of uncertainty, how will you take care of your family's most basic needs? Food Insurance, America's most trusted provider of freeze-dried emergency food, has solutions that fit your family's needs and budget. Our meals are delicious, nutritious, and come with a guaranteed 25-year shelf life. For a limited time, we are sending a free freeze-dried meal to all listeners of this program. Go to foodinsurance.com and request your free meal today. That's foodinsurance.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We're talking about iOS 9 and the features 
And let's go through some of them in more detail. So we have the new font San Francisco, which is the same font used on Apple Watch. Now, Apple is big enough to create great fonts by themselves. They were using a variant of Helvetica before with iOS 7 and iOS 8. And I think a lot of people felt the lettering was a bit thin on the thin side. And we're seeing here with San Francisco, everything looks crisper, but also the small lettering is easier to read. Yeah, unfortunately, it's beyond the limit of of my uncorrected eyesight. I'm waiting for a new pair of glasses to help me. Uh, but uh, San Francisco is uh, certainly more le- more legible at, at some font sizes uh, or at some point sizes compared to Helvetica Noia. So it is what it is. It's it's a it's a slightly different look. It's a uniform look. Um, San Francisco has been adopted not just on the Apple Watch and uh, the iPhone, but you know, obviously all OS iOS devices, so iPads and and iPod Touches, but just as importantly, the Mac uh, OS 10 version 10.11 El Capitan uh, will ship at the end of the month, and that also employs San Francisco. Um, so San Francisco is something the desktop users will see as well. Now, some might. Observe the Golden Master Seed was already sent out to developers and public beta testers. So if you want to get OS 10 El Capitan, you can sign up with Apple's public beta and get what they call a GM Seed. Now, I guess the question I have here, last year we had OS 10 Yosemite, which went through public beta, and it shipped with some rather annoying bugs such as for Wi-Fi. Now, this year they expanded the beta program to include iOS. So are we going to get a more stable release this year? iOS 9 has been more stable for me than iOS 8.4 was for the last several weeks. So I'm feeling very confident that iOS 9 is going to be a smooth transition for uh, for most people. You know, there, there are always opening day hiccups when it comes to actually installing the stuff. And every so often, something's going to go wrong with somebody's data. Now, what do you notice in terms of the change other than the font? And you say you need some new glasses for that. What other things come at you most visibly? Well, you know, when you swipe left from your home screen, you, you get a, a much more interesting uh, set of activities that, that, that you can do. You can uh, message frequently accessed people, access frequently used apps, or locate stuff nearby like restaurants or shopping or gas. Um, you also get a news feed as well. So um, Apple News is new in iOS 9. Uh, that makes it easy to stay on top of uh, interesting websites and uh, other news resources that employ RSS feeds. So that that's a wonderful resource for people who are information junkies who you know want to stay connected to the internet all the time and make sure that they always have the latest news so they never appear stupid around a water cooler. So, for example, I'm looking at an iPhone 6 now upgraded to iOS 9 and Siri suggestions, and it shows me some of my recent contacts. It shows me apps I've used recently. And then nearby, it has gas, shopping, coffee, and lunch. So I'll tap coffee. And when I tap coffee, I don't go to Starbucks, by the way. I go to Circle K. So it has Krispy Kreme donuts, Starbucks, the cutting board, whatever that is, Rod's Snack Shack. That's a tongue twister. But it doesn't show Circle K, where you can get a cup of coffee for a dollar and change. Maybe I blame the reptilians. The reptilians are doing it, or the Illuminati. I gather Siri will learn your behavior. So I guess if I look up Circle K, maybe it will get the message. Maybe it will. This is what they call proactive Siri. So Siri is smarter. And Siri has been kind of flaky, kind of sort of flaky. So this is better. Okay, so we've got proactive Siri. The multitasking is much more interesting 
if you have some of the faster iPads. If you have an iPad Air 2, you get a feature that is similar to what's available on Samsung tablets and on Windows, and that's called Split View. So the argument here is that Split View is copied from those places. Is that true, do you think, Peter? I don't think it's a meaningful argument. The bottom line is it's on iOS 9 now, and if you've got the right hardware, uh, you can use that functionality to your heart's content. Whatever. It doesn't matter if Apple acquired that idea from watching what other people do, because they take ideas from Apple. If you look at Windows 10, and you look at Mission Control, and you Great look at... artists sp- steal. Yes. And you look at spaces, you know, multiple desktops. Windows 10 has it. The thing is, if Apple has a feature someone else has, that's a big deal. If Windows, key features of Windows 10 are features that came from OS 10, they don't mention it as much. Well, I mean, look at the Android operating system before and after the iPhone was introduced. The iPhone changed everything. The digital music player was around years before the iPod was released. Apple changed everything. And remember, the digital music players you got before the iPod were largely unusable. Because I reviewed some of them for ZDNet. And I could not wait to pack them in the box and send them back. Yeah, they were more trouble than they were worth. It was easier just to, you know, listen to your music in other ways. I've heard about this with the iPad Pro over and over again. Microsoft Surface uh, users who I follow on various social media sort of guffaw over the iPad Pro and say, oh, wow, a keyboard, how innovative. Oh, a stylus, how innovative. Being very sarcastic about it because, you know, it's something that they accept as par for course that you can order with your Surface if you buy a Surface tablet. And in fairness, the Surface tablet is a very nice piece of hardware that's capable of doing a lot of things, but it's still not an iPad. People like iPads. People like iOS. People like the experience of using apps on it. And app developers like Adobe and Microsoft are capable of creating really excellent software designed to maximize the way that these devices work. One of the things that I think is most interesting about iOS 9's release this week, this past week, and no sooner did iOS 9 come out than Microsoft updated Office for iPad uh, with multitasking features designed to exploit iOS 9 on the newest iPads. That was very smart of Microsoft to do, and it demonstrates that Microsoft is very serious about making its productivity software the de facto standard on the iPad. What I thought was really fascinating was that at Apple's event earlier in September, showing off these new devices and and showing off these new capabilities, was Apple's own productivity software, iWork, was nowhere to be found. What we did get up on time on stage with the iPad Pro demonstration was stuff like Microsoft Office and CompCC from Adobe and Photoshop Fix, which we'd heard about, but we didn't know it was going to be Photoshop Fix. Adobe had been showing that off for quite some time. Two of the three apps that Adobe showed off, you can actually already download for other iPads, so they're not dependent on the iPad Pro, nor is Microsoft Office. But these are best-in-class applications that are on these devices. So... There's a lot to admire, you know, right now in these things. Who the first is is just not a meaningful point in anyone's discussion. If you wanted a stylus, they had them. Third parties had a stylus. But the Apple Pencil is not just a stylus. And, of course, now the argument against that is, well, Steve Jobs said that if you have a stylus, the product is a failure. But they fail to recognize that you have an Apple Pencil because it does things your fingers cannot do. Steve Jobs is dead. 
Of course, we have these inevitable comparisons with Microsoft Surface. And by the way, parenthetically, let me just mention this because we'll have to break soon. During a very recent demonstration made by Satya Nadella from Microsoft, he was showing off Outlook on mobile platforms. And the first presentation was on an iPhone before he even presented it on a Windows phone. The interesting thing about this with Apple and Microsoft is that Microsoft in the way they appeared on the stage at the Apple event on September 9th, it's just another partner. Here's Adobe, here's Microsoft. It's come to that. Thank goodness. It's only taken us this long. We now have adults in the room. And we're adulting like adults do. Oh, that's what they call it? Adulting, that's right. Adulting, being an adult. No, that's, that's, that's the North Shore. I'm, 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 I'm in Southeastern Mass, not where, the, um, not, not where all the scarlet letter stuff happened. Oh, okay. So it never happens where you are. No, we're pious pilgrims here. Pious pilgrims. That's really a tongue twister. Say that no, five that's times. Just, that's just the name of our football team. Anyway, so. Let's do a break and then we can figure that out. We've got Peter Cohen of iMore where he's the Mac person. And I'm Gene Steinberg. And you're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water. And your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. 
That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Ricky LeBlanc admitted in Mass only. Sokolov Law LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass. Ken Levan, responsible attorney in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Greg Hobby, New Jersey. The choice of lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been impacted by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-218-HELP. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of hardworking men and women, including many U.S. veterans and industrial workers, have been diagnosed with mesothelioma because manufacturers knew the dangers but put profits ahead of people. An estimated $30 billion in court-ordered trust has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may be entitled to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-218-HELP. That's 1-800-218-HELP. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, we've got Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg, and we're focusing on iOS 9 and other issues. So we're looking now at iOS 9 and the user experience. We were also talking about the iPad Pro and some of the other announcements and the claims, of course, that Apple was just borrowing features from others. But that's not the point. And we can go back to the iPhone, for example. Before the iPhone, we had the BlackBerry, and everybody imitated the BlackBerry with that horrible little keyboard. Now, I don't know about you. I guess people were used to texting on traditional phone keypads and on this strange keyboard such as it was with a BlackBerry. But I think a lot of people like me never got used to that. Uh, well, uh, before I got an iPhone, I was a very proud BlackBerry 8700 user on Singular. So that was, you know, before AT&T uh, took over that network. And that was a really good way to go. You know, if, if you weren't going, you know, you were trying to respond to emails and, and do other stuff like that. It was, it was a great, great tool to have. And I loved mine a lot. And it was really interesting because three of my colleagues at the time, I was working at Macworld magazine. So you would think that there would be kind of an epicenter of iPhone stuff there. Three of my colleagues switched to the iPhone at the same time, but I, I continued using a BlackBerry um, for, I think, probably about six months or so uh, longer. What ended up happening, though, was my BlackBerry broke. And at that point, it became more adv- advantageous for me to f- switch to an iPhone uh, than to replace the BlackBerry. And I've been an iPhone user ever since. All right, let's look at that experience. Okay, you're used to typing on a physical keyboard. Kind of a weird. You do it very well, actually. I, I can still type on a physical keyboard faster than I can type on glass. 
All right, but this is a very unusual kind of physical keyboard because everything is kind of kind of squeezed together there. I'd adapted to it very naturally. I felt very comfortable on the 8700's keyboard. I thought that um, its tactile response was good. I had figured it out enough to be really proficient at it. The predictive text that RIM had developed for the BlackBerry was really fantastic. So I didn't really run into a lot of problems. What I didn't realize is how much better it would be on the iPhone. You know, because um, what I began to realize pretty quickly with the iPhone was that I didn't need to be nearly as precise as I was with the BlackBerry keyboard. I could kind of noodle around a little bit on the iPhone keyboard and misspell stuff. But I had to accept it on faith that iOS would be smart enough to keep up with my, like, Klingon on-the-fly translation. And it usually could. It could usually figure out what my near miss is, even if I was looking at it going, I have no idea what I, would, I just typed. It would know from proximity um, and, and so on that, uh, you know, these were the right words. And we see QuickType in iOS 8. Uh, QuickType is even better in iOS 9. So, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, that, that predictive texting is, it changes everything, I think, for people when they go to communicate uh, on iOS devices. The secret, I think, with that is that you kind of have to let it do its thing. Yeah. You try a second guess it. It's okay because it always comes up with something wrong. You've got to let it do its thing and just be casual about it. And more times than not, it will work out okay. That is exactly right. There is a zen to it that you've got to, you've got to hit. And once you do, it's a good thing. Okay. So the secret of that quick type is zen. The zen of quick type. That's a book. Go for it, man. I don't do those anymore. I used to do those. I found out, though, that the only way it works with these computer books is they don't give you enough money to make a living from one book unless it really becomes a bestseller. But they usually know how many copies that book will sell. So what you have to do is write three or four a year and then maybe do a lot of other things to eke out a living. So I woke up one day and realized this after like eight or nine years. I said, wait a minute, this ain't working. I'm just killing myself for very little pay. Let me kill myself with something else. I'm still alive. Yeah. He agrees with me. Let's get back to all this stuff. So iOS 9 has largely been a pretty good experience. They claim performance is supposed to be a tad better. I don't see it on the equipment on which I've used it. I did see a benchmark on iPhone 4S with iOS 8.4.1 and iOS 9, and iOS 9 was a bit slower. They didn't make it any faster. I think there was a hope that they would. You know, anytime that they're going to add services, something has to give. There's some basic physics at work. But um, iOS 9 certainly runs great on uh, the vast majority of the systems that they recommended for use. I recommend to everybody, though, that before they install iOS 9, if they haven't done it already, you back up um, your device to your Mac or your PC using iTunes. Um, and uh, make sure to have a local backup of that before you attempt any sort of update on your machine. What I would also recommend that you do is doing a full restore. Once you've done a backup, do a restore. Blank your phone. Use the opportunity to not just sort of add on or accrete more changes um, to the way that your phone works. Just do a clean install. Um, of of iOS 9 on your device and then restore from the backup that you just created in iTunes. That will 
completely put back your phone, everything where it was supposed to go. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's definitely a cleaner way of getting that software on there if you're having problems. Now, this is an important thing here. When you do restore from your backup, it's going to be pretty seamless. You're not going to have to do much, if any, setting things up again. That's right. Now, the other problem, though, is if iOS 9 doesn't work, you then have to find yourself in iOS 8.4.1. If you're a public beta tester, you can actually get the update file. But otherwise, you've got to kind of search around for it because Apple doesn't offer it. That's yeah, that's correct. So, if you upgrade to iOS nine, you if you're, you know, a, a regular person upgraded to iOS nine, you should consider it a permanent upgrade. Right, and I haven't heard yet, and we're only talking maybe a day and a few hours out from the release of this update. I haven't heard of any showstoppers yet. No, and in fact, this was something that I think going into um, WWDC this year, a lot of people in uh, the Apple development community were kind of hoping for, and you know, people who sit on the sidelines for these sort of things as well. You know, simply that that this was not a year for Apple to pile a lot of new and proven technology um, into iOS or into OS X. This was a year for Apple to kind of smooth out the rough edges uh, that had been left from the previous generation of development. Yosemite and iOS eight brought a lot of really cool features. Um, to both platforms like handoff technology, which enables you to seamlessly move data between your iPhone um, and your your Mac. Really important stuff that just doesn't work 100% of the time. And 100% of the time, if there's a theme to this week's show, my pick for title for this week's show would be 100% of the time because that's what we're looking for from Apple. And that's what we need. So iOS 9 gets us certainly further down that road than we were at with iOS 8. Uh, but as with all things, you should be cautious and should definitely make sure to back up uh, before, you, uh, before you update. Right. But that's true with any major update of this sort. You're yeah, really any, any sure. app update, any operating system update, anytime you make a major change to your workflow, make sure to back up first. Now, I did notice once iOS 9 was downloaded, tons of app updates a lot of app updates. I think I got a dozen um, within the first few hours of, uh, of installing iOS 9. So yeah, there's uh, a lot of app updates. Uh, in many cases, they're bug fixes. In many cases, they're uh, opportunities for, develop for developers to use some of the new features and functionality in iOS. So check the release notes for uh, the apps that you're updating before you update them uh, so you can get a better sense of, of what it is that you're going to be um, uh, updating too. Starting at the 15th of September through September 17th, and a lot of this in anticipation of iOS 9, there were like 25 different updates on my iPhone. So we kind Just of on your iPhone. And I mean, you, you probably got no more unusual applications than a lot of people do for their iPhones. So Yeah, I don't go crazy with it. I don't play games, but I still have probably 60 different apps going on there. Now, there was an interesting thing that Tim Cook said the other day in an interview about these apps. And he was asked by a magazine, and this is before he did this appearance with Stephen Colbert, which I thought was excellent, by the way, because he was loose, he was somewhat humorous, he laughed at the appropriate times. He was asked, okay, will it ever be possible to remove... I thought he was very avuncular. That too. But he you know, was... I felt, like, I felt like we were hanging out with Uncle Tim. 
Yes, I don't know what it is that made him so relaxed because he used to be fairly stiff when he first started out as CEO. And I think the experience has made him open up more so he becomes a much more interesting and funny person. But sure. I know Steve Jobs wouldn't have done anything like that, I don't think, because he lied everything under control. You can't control things like that on a show like that. We've got Peter Cohen, who is never under control. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. Ten years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, U.S. passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to IDStronghold.com and get the facts and the wallet, sleeves, or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit IDStronghold.com today. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So what I was getting to here is that he's interviewed by a publication ahead of that appearance, which, as we point out, I think was really, really good. I thought he was just perfect for that kind of show. So we have this interview where he's asked, can we ever remove some of the default apps on iPhone to save space, of course, especially if you have something like a 16 gigabyte iPhone. And his response, I'm sure you recall this, Peter, was basically that some of those apps depend on other functions in the iPhone, but they'd be looking into allowing you to remove some of them at least. What's your take, sir? My take is not today. So cool. You know, Apple could do all sorts of things, but uh, it's not something that we need to worry about today because it's, it, it hasn't happened yet. So, Right. But the fact that at least it's being considered 
is interesting. Now, looking at iOS 9, before we go on to other stuff, what is your least favorite feature? In iOS 9? Yeah. My least favorite feature. What an unusual question. That's what I'm here for. My least favorite. So ranking the new features uh, of, of iOS 9 in reverse order, what would be at the, the top of the bottom list? Bottoms up. Yes, sir. Huh. Well, I got to think about that for a second, man. Wow, that's, uh, that's blowing my mind. You know what? I would say my least favorite thing is the iPad experience because uh, I don't have an iPad that's new enough to use the, uh, the new features. I, I, I need an iPad Air 2, and I hate that uh, Apple's made the experience so much better on an iPad Air 2, and I understand why they've done it that way. But it still makes me sad that I don't have good enough hardware to run it. So you're singing the great song, These Are a Few of My Least Favorite Things. These are a few of my least favorite things, yeah. Needing an iPad Air 2 to really get the most out of iOS 9 sexiness, that's kind of a bummer. But look, in the scheme of things, it's aspirational, right? You know, when I see the guy in the BMW 750 pull up next to me on the highway, I look at his wheels and go, that's a nice ride. So I look at the iPad Air 2 in the showroom and go, wow, that's a really nice ride. That's a nice way to, to access information. The iPad Pro is going to be great, too, if you've got 800 bucks for it, uh, but it's not going to be out until November. All right. What's your perception of the iPad Pro? Where is the market for that? It's not going to be the iPad user, the typical one. I think it's going to be a content creator. It's going to be people in the enterprise well, we've, who need a larger screen. We've talked about this before, Gene. I spend my weekends working in a store where these things are sold. So you know more than I would ever know. Well, I know more about a certain segment of customer, I might I might think, but um, you know, I, I've got kind of a specialized clientele. I've got people who uh, don't want to drive to an Apple store. There's one about an hour away. They're, they're people who don't even want to go to Best Buy, which is only about a half an hour away. They'd rather do business with a local company. That still means a lot to a lot of people uh, when they're buying something as expensive as an, as an iPad, you know, because it's, it's not just a... You know, it's it's not just a an appliance. It's it's a lifestyle thing. It's it's an important investment in how they access the internet and so on. To that end, I think the iPad Pro is definitely going to appeal to a certain segment of them. Now, how many of them are going to opt for the extra pencil or even the keyboard uh, is an open question. I think the keyboard Apple's going to sell a million of them. I also think that Logitech and Zag who have already announced third-party keyboards designed to work with the new smart connector on the iPad Pro, they're going to sell a bunch too. That usage is very clear. The pencil, well, the, the pencil changes everything. And this is a, a feature that's, that's exclusive to the iPad Pro, uh, something that's going to make it possible to do really incredible creative work uh, on the iPad. Creative work is already being done on the iPad, but at devices like styluses, uh, you have to kind of work around limitations in the operating system to use them. They don't work with every application. They don't work the same way with every application. So there's a lot of um, difficulty using them. And even the uh, stylus experience on uh, the, the surface has left me wanting. Um, so Apple's taking a different approach with the iPad uh, Pro. Uh, $99 gets you a, a very sophisticated um, uh, stylus that you can actually charge using the lightning port on your iPad Pro. So you pop it in for 15 seconds and you get a half an hour of use out of it. It's got a quick charge mechanism too. Kind of a neat, neat idea, a nifty idea. 
um, should work really well in practice. And from what I've read, I haven't gotten my hands on one specifically, but from what I've read, the uh, texture of writing with the pencil is very paper-to-pen-like uh, or paper-to-pencil-like. Paper uh, you get the drag and the resistance that you would expect if you had a physical writing implement in your hand. So it's, it's very cool that Apple's engineered that stuff and tried to make it as, mat- as, as natural as possible. So things that maybe artists would do with pen and paper. They'll do digitally, we think. I also think with something like this, maybe they could do a new brand of movie special effects if they have the right apps, especially animations and such. Who knows? I, I, yeah, it's, it, I, think the, um, I think the potential for the iPad Pro is uh, outstanding. And I think that in predictable Apple fashion, we'll see Apple scale the technology uh, throughout the rest of uh, the iPad product line over time as well. So uh, if you like the idea of the pencil, but don't like the idea of a big 13-inch uh, iPad that costs you $800, wait a year or two. Um, I'm sure that you're going to get the pencil with, uh, with other iPads before too long. Now, that may be one reason why they did not update the iPad Air 2. It continues. Maybe they're waiting to come up with a version, maybe in a few months, that will have support for the Apple Pencil. That's an interesting theory, Gene, and I'm glad to hear you espouse it. Hey, I'm just making it up as I go along. Let's make up one more thing. Apple TV. Now, let me throw this back because I've had this discussion with several people about 4K support where the rumors said it won't have it and it doesn't and has an older version of HDMI, so it creates a complication. And this week, Amazon releases a new Fire TV with, of course, 4K support. So is Apple maybe left a little bit behind here with a product that won't even come out for a month? Who has 4K TVs? Do you know a lot of people with 4K TVs? The TV industry is making a big push. It's in the single digits, but you can now buy a 4K TV for less than $500. That wasn't my question. My question was, do you know people who, who have 4K TVs? Right now, no. I understand no, your point. Same here. That's all I'm saying. Yes. We also know the TV industry is making a huge push for 4K because they're bringing it down. They you know what? Bring- I'll feel more comfortable with 4K when I don't feel Comcast looking over my shoulder at how much I'm using every month um, and wondering when to drop the hammer on hitting me with, a, with, a, with an overuse fee. Now, I don't know if this is going to help you or it's going to influence anything because each cable system operates in its own localities and you don't have that much competition. You do have a little bit, but not that much. So Cox, which is one of the smaller ISPs and cable providers, they upped their bandwidth allocation to two terabytes very recently for the higher tier packages. So maybe there's hope there. Maybe. No, I get your point. Obviously, 4K, it's four times as many pixels. The file size may be up to four times as much. So even if you don't have it, it's going to be a problem. But the other that's what, issue... Uh, that's, and uh, you see, that's the thing. I mean, the, 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 the TV industry can push 4K all at once. But um, having a 4K terminal sitting on your wall uh, that can't actually display any 4K stuff is, is, is gilding the lily, you know, in, in a way that's unnecessary. Um, you know, some people are, 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 are going to get it because, um, they could afford to set up 4k jukeboxes or, you know, do other, find, find content that is, that, that, that is, uh, well-suited for 4k playback. I, I just don't see it, uh, see a big push on it today anyway. 
uh, enough for Apple to worry about with the Apple TV, which is here today. Because as Tim Cook pointed out during the presentation, this is the future of the television today. You know, the, the, the Apple wants to present this. I think that language was very meaningful and very precise. And I think that what uh, Tim Cook was saying was, this is something that we can do right now that will improve the experience of using the television for everybody who's hung up on how we use the TV now. Let's do a break because I want to get into something else about that. We have Peter Cohen joining us. More to come on the Tech Night How Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. Ten years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, U.S. passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. 
please go to idstronghold.com and get the facts and the wallet sleeves or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit idstronghold.com today. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We're talking Apple TV with Peter Cohen and somewhat of a discussion about 4K. Now, to point out in all fairness about 4K, yes, it will be very easy to buy a 4K set this holiday season. Now, what about content? There are a few 4K programs from Netflix and from Amazon Instant Video, a few. I think perhaps one of or more of the cable providers will provide a limited amount because, remember, it's using up a lot more bandwidth. There is a 4K Blu-ray format. Samsung has a 4K Blu-ray player that was shown off to the media. It won't be out until next year. I don't know what it's going to cost. So we're kind of, sort of, a year or two away from the finalizing. So they have a higher definition color format, better quality color for 4K. So it's not just sharper pictures, it's better color. Because 4K, unless you are looking at a really large screen or you're close enough to the set, you barely see the difference. Also, 4K has to scale up the content from 1080p and the 720p, which is what most of what you see is. And anytime you scale, something gets lost in the translation, even if supposedly it's supposed to make the picture look better. Never seems to work that way. So I that's the negative. Like I'm having a stroke when I see uh, scaled up uh, content. Um, on uh, high frame rate sets. Uh-huh. You know, have you ever looked at a set that's, you know, operating at 240 hertz or, you know, 120? And they've got the interpolation turned on for that? Well, a lot of that is nonsense because when they say high frame, what they do is they manufacture it. It's not a true setting. It is, as you say, simulated. Yes. And what does it do to you? Uh, makes me feel like I'm watching Dark Shadows, man. Oh, nothing wrong with that unless you want to watch a soap opera show from, what, 30 years ago? 1968, 1969. Oh, my. 45 years ago, man. Right. That stuff is as old as Star Trek, the original Star Trek. All right, the point being here is there are things about 4K that are not finalized. It's been an evolving standard with superior HDMI and everything else, and there's still things that maybe aren't quite there and what Apple is known to do is not embrace a technology early on when there are changes in progress or maybe some issues that have to be resolved. 
So maybe that's part of the issue. Just like Apple did not put LTE right away on the iPhone, they waited until the chips were more efficient, more power efficient. They waited. And maybe here we see the same thing, that maybe with this year's Apple TV, it didn't make sense. Maybe it'll make sense next year. Exactly. You know, I was thinking about this with the iPhone 6S. The iPhone 6S has better LTE support than any iPhone um, has uh, before. And um, one of the improvements to it is support for LTE Band 12, uh, which is the 700 megahertz band that T-Mobile is is using and deploying all across the United States to fill in gaps in its own coverage. There, There's nuanced changes to the technology that you may not be aware of at first that really make it pay um, to, to sort of look under the, the hood and just the, the shiny veneer and say, ooh, rose gold, that's pretty, I'll get one of those. And actually take a look at what you're getting because uh, there, there's some, sometimes it's the difference under the hood that matters. Exactly. So, you know, maybe that's it there. We'll see more of this next year. And it's also a question of how well the TV makers do with 4K sets this holiday season. Well, well, one of the interesting things about 4K also is that Apple is pivoting to 4K as well, basically updating iMovie uh, to be able to do 4K recording. Um, So, you know, I I think that, that we're seeing a little bit of, of convergence on that end of it, but I just don't see people hopping to 4K TVs uh, in any kind of quantity yet. But we'll see what happens in a year or two. And of course, we have the 5K Retina iMac, which can edit 4K video and leave space for the menu bars and for the palettes and everything. So obviously, Apple recognizes what this is all about. Yes. Okay. So are you going to buy a new Apple TV? I um, really hope that Santa will give me one for Christmas this year. Okay, so it's Santa has to make that decision. That's right. Okay. I don't know. I haven't decided because I'm not a gamer. So that's one issue. Gene, I've been writing about games for 20 years. You know, I've been writing about games on Mac for 20 years. So uh, the the idea of a a set-top game, game-capable system with the Apple brand on it, uh, fills me with a sort of glee I haven't felt since 97 or 95 when I first saw the Pippin. Uh, you know, that's a long, long time. Um, and it's... Uh, uh, it, I'm really interested to see where it goes. I know that it's not going to be an Xbox or PS4 experience, but I'm really going to be interested to see how close Apple can approximate to a Wii U or a Wii experience uh, using this thing, uh, because the controller, the the Siri remote that you're given with the Apple TV, uh, is designed with an accelerometer and a gyroscope in it as well. Um, so you can make natural gestures with it, and you've got that track that 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 touchpad um, that you can activate with your thumb, which works like a directional button on uh, a game controller. So, the very very interesting ergonomics Apple has designed there. I think it's going to be really cool, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. I understand that your mileage may vary, but that I am very much looking forward to it, just as purely as a game system. Now, remember, there will also be third-party game controllers that are more traditional. And the other thing here... However, there is a distinction worth making, and that is that any game that comes out uh, on iOS has to support the the Siri remote, uh, specifically if it's going to, 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 to do MFI controller support. And the other issue, too, here is I wonder with traditional game controllers, 
what percentage of the users are hardcore gamers and what percentage are casual or family gamers who would be just as happy with Apple TV. And that's a, a really good point. One of the key points that Apple made during the presentation of this is that, um, uh, you know, during the September event was was that you'll be able to play a game on your iPhone while you're commuting home, let's say, and continue the game on your television using your Apple TV. That it offers a look at sort of a continuity of experience that I don't think most people have 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 had up until this point. You know, so that makes the Apple TV a very interesting sell to people who might want to sit down in front of their TV and play the same game that they were playing on their phone five minutes ago. If Heyday comes out for the Apple TV, I may never leave the couch again. Oh, all right. I have no idea what he's talking about because I do not play games. Peter Cohen, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can read me at imore.com and uh, tomsguide.com, macworld.com, and elsewhere. Uh, you can also find me on the social things at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. Specifically on Twitter is where I seem to spend most of my day, so Twitter is a great way to reach me as well. Always happy to talk to people and answer questions, so look me up. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, thanks. Gene. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Turn on the news and you'll hear stories of natural disasters, political unrest, and financial crisis. In times of uncertainty, how will you take care of your family's most basic needs? Food Insurance, America's most trusted provider of freeze-dried emergency food, has solutions that fit your family's needs and budget. Our meals are delicious, nutritious, and come with a guaranteed 25-year shelf life. For a limited time, we are sending a free freeze-dried meal to all listeners of this program. Go to foodinsurance.com and request your free meal today. That's foodinsurance.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
Before using Heart and Body Extract, my energy level was very, very low. I could only walk a few feet and then would have to sit down. I was tired and lethargic. But after taking Heart and Body Extract, my energy level has improved greatly, and I can now walk longer distances without getting tired so fast. Thank you, Heart and Body Extract. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 90 customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer on the Tech Night Owl live. And the first item on the agenda is Watch OS 2. Now, unfortunately, it wasn't made available on the 16th of September is promised due to some kind of bug. Maybe John can inform us further. Perhaps it will be available by the time you hear the show. We are not going to predict the future. But what happened there with Apple? Do you have any idea what the bug was? Yeah, we think, according to uh, James Thompson, a developer in the UK, the developer who makes the awesome app called PCALC, thought it was a, a bug in the FairPlay system that uh, prevents you from sharing apps once you download them. And um, so there was a, a backstroke by Apple and apparently some serious testing. I just uh, got a tweet from him a while back, and he said, looks like they're taking their time and getting it right. So it, we may not see it soon. I don't mean by soon imminent. I mean it'll be you know a few days. It's not as severe, of course, as releasing an operating system for a product that's going to go on sale. Yeah, this thing they got to get right, though. They got to make sure they have that fair play bug stamped out because otherwise developers won't be happy. Good afternoon, Gene. (laughs) It's nice to hear from you. I hit you with a lot of stuff there. I also gave him (laughs) some information he hadn't read, and it's going to be incorporated into his discussion a little bit later. Uh Okay, so let's assume that Watch OS 2 will be there or will be coming in a few days. We're not going to guess. What are the 10 best features? I made a list. 
And checked it twice. And I did. And I put them in order. It suited me to put them in order of how enthusiastic I was about them um, rather than Apple's order. Apple seems to be kind of excited about uh, video, different different watch faces, like you can have a home screen on your iPhone, and these little video snippets from major cities, and being able to extract from your photo. Um, I understand customization, but in the grand scheme of things, I think there's some things that are much more important in Watch OS 2 that will continue to surprise and delight us. Didn't make the cut the first time around. I'm particularly uh, enthusiastic about the time travel functionality. Any app that uh, keeps track of any uh, events in terms of time, like calendar or weather uh, or um, any other event-driven device, you can scroll forward easily with the digital crown and kind of look peek into the future conveniently and see, or go back in time and see things. So that was number one on my list. I think that'll be a signature feature. And it's a nice exploitation of the digital crown. My second favorite feature is one that's been bugging me ever since I got my Apple Watch. And that is how quickly the screen times out and goes blank. Every time I've tried to show something to my wife, she'll say, oh, do we have an event coming up? I'll say, yeah, here it is on my watch. And I'll tap it and then I'll lean over and she'll kind of squint and take a look and go, John, your screen is blank. So I'll tap it again and we'll go, you know, round and round trying to get to the point where it's on long enough that one can actually share the information with a friend or a spouse. So I'm, I've read that that's going to go from an option for uh, 15 seconds as before, but now another option for 70 seconds. Why 70? Well, because you might want to time an event for a minute, like your pulse or something like that. And so you want to have a little extra time on the edge, and so 70 seconds is just a right compromise. I think what happened was is that Apple wanted to get some feedback. You know, you have the opportunity in the watch OS to provide feedback to Apple about what you're doing in the operation and use of the apps and so on, and Apple's collected a lot of information. Um, for example, typically when I put my watch on the charger at night, it's got 60 to sometimes 70, but generally 50 to 60% charge left. So I think Apple's uh, concerns that compulsive time watchers would run their battery down, continuing to tap the watch day and night, and so restricting it to 15 seconds were unfounded. And so with the history of the battery's success on the Apple Watch, they can relax that. So those are my top two. The other thing I like is the uh, additional complications. You know, not every complication, you know, everybody knows what a complication is. Shall we explain? That's that little widget or snippet of information that you, you can cause to appear on your watch face. It's a carryover from the analog watches that had little dials and little features like you know, sunrise, sunset, stopwatches, and things like that. So Apple's enhanced the custom uh, customizability of complications and allowed developers to drop information into complications on your watch face. So you can, for example, have your flight itinerary uh, pop up, and as you get to each stage of your flight, then it tells you what your next flight number is, and maybe even your gate number. So that's cool. Or sports scores, native apps. Jeff Gamet's really excited about that. We talked about that this morning on Jeff's podcast. Uh, native apps have access to the sensors now, so you'll be able to do something like have an app that runs native, launches fast, uh, monitors your heartbeat, and then if there's a problem, perhaps let you know by a taptic feedback. R. Kelly 
Kumat at the Mac Observer had a great idea, and that was uh, sort of a, a lifeline thing. This is not in watchOS 2, but it could extend, a developer could extend it to the idea of your pulse gets too low, a spouse or family member could be alerted in case you're diabetic or have some other health problem. So that's going to really be nice. And then, of course, my favorite feature of all time is Apple Pay. And uh, that's got some new uh, enhancements that allow you to do store cards, adds the Discover card, and you'll be able to add your loyalty cards right into the watch. You could not do that before. Those are my favorites. Yeah, these are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> nice. And, okay, in fact, we kind of did the reverse of what we did with Peter Cohen, where I asked him a few of his unfavorite things. But the point being here is that the Apple Watch is going to be able to do more and more. At what point do you think in its development? How many years do you think it'll take to make this watch so powerful it doesn't need to be tethered to an iPhone? Uh, clearly, that's what's happening. If you look at some of the features in watchOS 2, it seems that Apple's leaning towards the day when the watch can be independent. It won't need to be tethered to a, an iPhone. You might need an iPhone, say, or an Android phone to initially configure it, but then it can work on its own. Uh, what we're seeing in watchOS 2 is, is that there's more hardware punch there than we thought. And so I think what happened was is that Apple had to draw the line on what features would be available first and how extensive the SDK would be for the developers. And so they kept things simple at first. So at the point where you don't need the iPhone, will that be the point where, oh, for example, they can maybe stick a, a cell phone in there? Well, you never know. Um, the current hardware doesn't support that, but... Um, I think Apple's definitely looking towards the day when uh, it can be the watch can be a standalone device. Uh, if you look at the current uh, Wi-Fi mode uh, that's being added and activation lock, um, certainly we're looking towards the day when you may not have to have an iPhone to pair to it. Uh, could be that any smartphone, and on an Andro well, I mean any, I mean Android or us iPhone could be used to initially configure it, but then it's off and running on its own and doesn't have to be tethered to Bluetooth. So yeah, I think that day is coming. Um, I, I think we're out of phase in the evolution of the hardware and the software too. I think originally a lot of people thought that there wasn't much more to say about the software and that Apple would come out with new hardware soon and then we'd be moving on. But I think there's more hardware capability in the Apple Watch as evidenced by watchOS 2 than we may have thought. And I think it was simply a limitation of how fast Apple could put the SDK together and refine the original watch OS 1 and get everything out the door and running. And now what we're seeing in watchOS 2 is a much more full exploitation of the, of the hardware capability. So I think we'll see some nice software upgrades uh, but of course, down the down the line, as we've seen with the iPhone, the hardware will get faster and better. When the Apple Watch two ships, who knows? Maybe next summer. We'll have more to say on other things regarding Apple with John Martellaro. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water. And your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body. And alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV 
Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's aquaponicsource.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer is here. We're looking over what's going on with Apple. And of course, the announcements at the September 9th event on my birthday. We discuss Apple Watch and Watch OS 2. And there's an article you wrote called The Thing Apple Does That Some Hate and Few Understand. And I was thinking when I read that title of the movie, That Thing You Do. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> right. That's the one that's directed by Tom Hanks about this that's band a that's a one-hit wonder. Well, so, well speaking of one-hit wonders, I, that kind of relates to the article because there are some shows on TV that demonstrate very close teamwork the NCIS a family of shows, for example. Everybody has their particular expertise and role, and it's this team that solves the problem. But in many more notable cases, elementary and, and hero movies and Marvel comic books, there are maybe teams of people, but they're all working independently. And, and so there is this notion that great science in, in the Albert Einstein uh, sense uh, can be done by a, a lone genius, and that you know, inspiration and 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 heroism, like the guy on Mars and the coming movie in The Martian, you know, you you do things alone as an individual. But we don't have much um, uh, entertainment insight, nor is it very entertaining to watch, in most cases, to see how teams work together. So you take this organization like Apple, and you've got thousands of engineers and a very seasoned executive team. And when you put four or 5,000 development engineers together and they're all working in concert and they have massive financial resources and extremely deep expertise in hardware and software development, you come up with really great products. It gets so massive and so difficult to understand that it's, it's often difficult for an individual who doesn't have corporate experience and doesn't have a lot of experience working on a technical team with other people to envision that Apple may be on a completely different technical strand than they are. And it even leads to the point where you become perhaps annoyed that you're not able to outthink Apple because you know every blog is the vision of one person, every, every book, every article is the vision of one person's brain. And there's only so much you can do in a, in a lifetime, in a 10-hour in a working day, to figure out what Apple's up to and what it's going to do next and how well it understands its customers through feedback from the uh, devices they sell and just an understanding of the market and the technology. And so Apple goes off and does something many times that's so successful that you become a little bit jaded and you say, 
oh, well, it's nothing they did. It's just that people are, you know, folding in the light of the holy apple monument and that, you know, people slavishly follow apple. And so that's a way of sour graping the situation when in fact Apple's success has some real quantitative, technical management basis. And and that's that's something that people don't talk about too much. And and so that was the the basis of my article. Well a lot of it is the company tends to be misunderstood. And you see that all the time. You see these pithy comments about what Apple is doing wrong. And if you follow the company for a long time, you realize these people have no clue about what they're saying. For a great example of that is the 16 gigabyte iPhone. There are a lot of people out there who are a little jaded about that, especially because the success can shoot 4K video. And so right away, the first blush surface idea is Apple's doing something silly by shipping a 16 gigabyte iPhone and not uh, a 32 and uh, and then putting a bil- ability to shoot 4K video in there, which is going to chew up your available memory right away. Uh, Yanni Heiser did a nice analysis and figured out that it's about 35, 38 minutes. But the point is, is that technical issues are so complex that if you can grasp at a simple explanation in straw, it sounds good. You know, like a political soundbite that sounds juicy and good, then you seize upon it technically. Uh, Jeff Gamet has had access to some information that suggests that it's technically inconvenient and ex- inex- and more expensive uh, for Apple to generate a 32 gigabyte storage phone. So well, one of these days we'll find out because perhaps something to do with the 64-bit A9 chip and its address bus and manufacturing issues and available DRAM that it's just not a great way to go to sell a 32. And so you have that gap between 16 and 64, an affordable phone where people can get in at a lower expensive, at a less expensive price, and a 64 gig, which is a sweet spot for people who just have to have that, know that they need it, and uh, are willing to pay a little bit more. That's a good example of perhaps technical issues behind the scenes uh, that get misinterpreted in a cynical kind of way. And it always happens with Apple. Yes, they always try to guess what Apple's doing, and you really can't. Well, sometimes you can, I think, before the September 9th event. A lot of what was introduced there, not everything, but a lot, was known. Let's go to the Apple TV. It's one of my favorite subjects. Apple TV, the contrarian vision. Yeah. So there's two home theater visions. Uh, There is the standard industry vision, You'll see it at the uh, Cedia event held every year in Dallas, Indianapolis, or or Denver. Um, There is the industry technology and standards groups, and we're seeing it emerge. You know, the definition of 4K television, UHD, ultra-high definition, 3840 by 2160, the introduction of standards for high dynamic range, uh, introduction of standards for audio, you have the industry catering to people who want to buy plastic for various reasons because they don't have high bandwidth um, or because they like the immediacy of being able to you know, pull out a disc and watch a favorite Disney movie with the kids uh, rather than worry about whether it's going to stay on Netflix forever. There's all sorts of issues involved in you know, building a home theater system that's sort of like along one track. 
And that means probably a DVR provided by your cable or satellite provider, probably an, a, a DV, um, probably a Blu-ray player, or at least a DVD player. I'm surprised that eight years after the introduction of Blu-ray, people are still buying and, and using DVD players when they should just be on Blu-ray, period, because you know, they sell for 99 bucks or less. There's another vision, though. There's Apple's vision of, oh, and, and what that causes is that causes this perpetual problem of figuring out what your input is. And, and it hasn't gone away. And it's, it's amazing. It still mystifies some family members where, what am I watching? How did I get there? What source is driving my TV? And how do I figure out how to switch sources? between the DVR and the Blu-ray player and the Roku and the Apple TV and the antenna input and all that stuff. Apple's contrarian vision is we'll get away from that someday. It will replace channels and sources with apps. Because everybody has an iPhone or an Android phone. Everybody knows how to touch an app. Everybody knows how to launch an app. Everybody knows how to quit an app. And so that's why Tim Cook at the September 9th event said the future of TV is apps. Not because he thinks Apple was the first to develop apps, you know, Roku's been doing it, but because it solves a fundamental problem. And that is, you know you want to be on Netflix, so you run the Netflix app. You know you want to be on the Hulu app, so you launch the Hulu app. And with a good remote, it's easy to go between these apps. Why isn't there a concession to, you know, being another player in part of the TV system? Because Apple doesn't want to be another player. If Apple thought you should be buying plastic discs, there would have been a Blu-ray player in your Mac in 2008. If Apple thought you should be using a DVR and storing video on, on a hard disk, Apple would have been building DVRs long ago to supply your a supplement to the, uh, to the Apple TV. Apple's vision is you have a box, you connect it to your TV, you don't worry about collecting plastic, you don't worry about DVRs and trying to skip over commercials uh, and being subject to the whims of how the DVR skips over the commercials, whether it can or can't, and do it accurately and, and however it does it. No, you just pay for the content you want, which to the app you want, and you watch. We have to break here. Okay. All right. We have more to say about Apple TV, and I have some more questions about it, especially something that Amazon announced this week in regard to a new product that competes with Apple TV. We're talking to John Martellaro. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177 evolveyourself.com Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So on the Tech Night Out Live, we look at the new Apple TV, fourth edition, and it's designed not to supplement all the other boxes you have, but replace all of them. I guess part of that is gaming consoles, but it doesn't appear they're going to offer the same high energy games you get, say, on an Xbox or a PlayStation. Yeah, that's something that I don't track because I don't have an Xbox and I'm not a big game player except for the occasional flight simulator. So I really can't speak to that. Apple does things in such a way that maximizes their ability to reach out to customers as opposed to being extremely high-tech and appealing to fringe users. So if you got to have the fastest possible game box, there are probably other alternatives. If you got to have, say, 4K UHD video, then you're going to have to wait for Apple to get around to it. I suppose if we are in the habit of replacing our iPhone every year. Apple doesn't mind the idea that down the road you're going to replace your fourth gen with a fifth gen that has 4K. That, that's an interesting situation. I mean, we'll get to that in a second with, with, with 4K. Yeah, you're right, Gene. Uh, Apple doesn't try to integrate into the other systems because it detracts from Apple's own vision. That's why you'll see a very simple design of a device and it's designed to be your only device down the road. You know, with all the cord cutting going on and the switching to OTT over-the-top boxes, Apple probably feels like, you know, one of these days, pay TV will be replaced with application TV, and you'll just buy the uh, or download the app you want and pay to, to access only the content you want. And so why worry about thinking about life with part of a DVR family or a, a Blu-ray family? So that, that's what I meant by contrarian vision. Apple does, can't do everything. Apple's not a home consumer electronics device expert 
in terms of a broad range of devices. They don't sell TVs. They don't sell AV receivers. They just sell this one little box with its handy vision. And while it will work with your other devices, and you can you know switch between sources, I do that. It drives Apple's design thinking. Their hope that eventually, except for really hardcore gamers, they'll replace everything. But that also depends on what Apple does when it comes time to launching a subscription TV service. Right. I think what's happening there is is that Apple's coming up against a situation where the content providers are wanting to make sure that they comply with their contracts, maximize the scope of their offerings, don't upset any one of their partners, uh, and don't let Apple get too firm a grip on the situation, um, lest other partners in the industry be afflicted by Apple's magnificent ability to market and, and create a strong following and fan base. After all, they have, what, 600 million credit card numbers on file? And I've so heard 800 million. Could be by now. And 30 million um, players. The Mac Observer wrote an article last week. It was my colleague Brian Chaffin about how a lot of content is being viewed on Apple devices, iPads and Apple TVs. The content holders have to be careful about how big a door they let Apple walk through in terms of seizing the situation. So it'll, it'll come, I think, eventually. Apple's a, a good company when it comes to negotiations. And maybe Apple feels like if they sell a whole lot of these fourth-generation devices, eventually the, the players in, this, in the industry will come around and say, you know, we want to be on that device and uh, figure out a way to make it work with all their other agreements and partners and contracts. Now, obviously, Amazon had Apple TV in its crosshairs when they announced this week they're going to have 4K support on the new Fire TV at $99. Apple hasn't gone 4K. Not that Apple isn't supporting 4K otherwise. I mean, you have the 5K Retina iMac, which can edit 4K video and leave room for the menus and the palettes. You have support for 4K output from some MacBook Pros. You have the new iPhones that can record 4K video and a new version of iMovie. So what's the thing about the Apple TV? Why isn't there 4K there? That's a mystery. You know, you would think that if you're going to sell a phone that shoots 4K and a TV, and I'm sorry, and an iMac that can display 4K, why wouldn't you include 4K in your new device? It it is a mystery. And I predicted that Apple would take a lot of flack, that it would be uh, perceived as a... um, open door amongst competitors and of course Amazon has uh, already barged through that open door Apple probably feels like 99% of the content that they're going to offer and that people are watching is 1080p and so it's a waste of technological time and resources to include 4K and they're willing to absorb the competitive initiatives by other companies uh, who will tout 4K and then have a hard time satisfying the customer with enough 4K content to make them feel like they got the benefit of their device. Now, understand also there are some features of 4K that are just coming, which is the enhanced color. Are you talking about HDR? HDR color, which Mm -hmm. is just being rolled out in some TV sets. Now, that's another issue too. What that means is that 4K 
is not just one format that's finalized. It's a developing format. And maybe Apple wants to wait until a little more improvement yeah. is made before they come up with that. The and that might be a point. That might be like the LTE argument for the iPhone. They yeah. didn't initially embrace LTE there's, until the chips were more efficient and didn't use as much power. Well, there's there's no one standard right now, as you said, for HDR. High dynamic range is a technique using quantum microdots or enhanced phosphors, or it's already a, a feature of OLED, organic LEDs, that allow you to go through a, a broader range of brightness, darker darks and brighter brights. And it's breathtaking when you look at it. In fact, uh, a standard high-definition TV I read with HDR actually looks as good as or maybe even a little better than a 4K TV if you're in the retina situation. So every every TV maker right now has got its own name for the high-definition system. And s- some TV makers are not happy with the standard as it was originally devised by Dolby. So they um, are focusing more on on a deeper black as opposed to the wider range. And, and so you'll see this marketed in certain ways. So it's one thing you do need is you need HDMI 2.0A to even begin to handle the high dynamic range. So if you're thinking about buying a 4K TV, make sure that it supports HDMI 2.0A and not just 2.0. Two, HDMI 1.4 will support 4K TV, but only 30 frames per second. And that's need, what the Apple TV you has need now. HDMI 2 to support 4K at 60 frames per second, which is what you want. Right. The Apple TV now has HDMI 1.4, the new one. Yeah, that'll give you 4K at 30 frames per second. So it's still limited. Uh, so it may be that so it may be that Apple needs to wait another year for the color thing to settle down yeah, and offer yeah. everything, not just offer a product that will give you part but not all of the experience. But what about all those customers who spent one hundred ninety nine dollars on a fourth gen, and now they find out in in June of two thousand sixteen that Apple's coming out with a four K box? How are they going to feel about that, and how are they going to suffer uh, through the competition of the of the People like Amazon and probably Roku will come out with 4K supporting devices. It looks good. It it creates a, a sexy product. It prevents obsolescence. It makes you feel like you're part of the future. It invites you to explore 4K, um, especially if you are able to get that through Netflix and you have enough bandwidth coming into your house. So, you know, you, there are some people who want to explore and push the edges of technology and have fun, like me. And then there are people who say, well, there's not really a whole lot of content out, the content out there. I can wait, and I don't want to pay a dime more for my box than I have to. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer who doesn't want to pay a dime more for a box than he has to. <laughs> I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today 
at MaxSales.com. That's MaxSales.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. With the many stock market ups and downs over these last few weeks, many people are asking themselves, are they doing the right thing? Do they have the right financial plan in place? Here's the real question. You should be asking yourself, do you have the right financial professional in place? Well, my friend Rocky DeFrancisco, attorney and founder of the Wealth Preservation Institute, has authored a new book called Bad Advisors, How to Identify Them and How to Avoid Them. In this book, you'll identify financial planners who are forbidden by their broker dealers from giving you the best advice. You'll understand why most CPAs, EAs, and accountants don't even provide proactive advice to help you save for your taxes. And of course, you're going to identify insurance agents who are forbidden from selling you the best products available in the marketplace. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. It's only your retirement dollars. And for a limited time, we're going to give you the free ebook version of this book, Bad Advisors, How to Identify Them, How to Avoid Them. Call right now, 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. Take control of your financial lives today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water and your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.com. 
www.technightowl.com. With John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, we're talking about Apple TV fourth generation, but now it doesn't have 4K. The hardware will give you, I suppose, 4K possibly with a software update, but the HDMI is limited to 30 frames, which may not make much of a difference. I don't know for most fair. We'd have to see. But now we have Amazon coming out with a new Fire TV, and I have to look at the specs for it with 4K. So suddenly, with an unreleased product, Apple doesn't look quite as good as they did a few days ago. Well, as I said before, it's, Amazon has had a tough time selling its products into the consumer market. The Amazon Fire Phone failed miserably. Uh, Amazon's having a fire sale on their uh, Kindle Fire today for $49. Uh, the group uh, that was developing the phone is semi-disbanded. Amazon has this unique ability to create products with a lot of flash and are designed to do one thing, and that is sell you more things. Whereas Apple takes the stance, what do the customers really need in, in an integrated family and what's a real value to them? And let's avoid comparison charts where you know somebody can say, well, we're 4K. You know, Apple's done with that. That's why they don't even talk about how much RAM is in the iPhone is because no one cares about how much RAM is in their iPhone. They only care about, is it fast? Is it secure? Does it work? And does it do what I need to do? So that's again, part of the motivating factor behind the fourth-generation Apple TV. I did look at the specs for the new Fire TV. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm looking at HDMI. Remember, there's a 1.4 standard, which is the minimum necessary to watch 4K video. You're better off with 2.0. They don't say which version. Okay. Uh But they do say HDCP 2.2. Oh, I believe you need HDMI 2 to support HDCP 2.2. Well, maybe that says it. Yeah, maybe that does. I could be wrong, but I, I seem to recall that. All right, that's the copy protection, by the way. That is. High definition copy protection, HDCP. Yep. Now, to add to that, there will be a Blu-ray 4K format. Oh, fr- Samsung has one already. Yep. Yeah, but it won't be out till next year. Yes, but they've demoed it, and the standards have been announced, and the licensing is all in order, and companies now have the tech specs to comply with, and they're ready to start manufacturing. We'll see them very soon now. But I wonder again, what is Apple going to be in a position to do if they are offering this product that will be a perfectly good product, and then within a year they have to update it because of the changes in the 4K standard and the high-definition color and all that? Well, Apple may have done something rather sneaky. You know, we don't know because we don't have one. iFixit has not torn one apart yet. I have read that you can do a firmware update to get to HDMI 2. And it could very well be because the i8 processor, the Apple A8 processor, has the technical capability, the speed to handle 4K video. So it could very well be that Apple has got a plan to upgrade it to 4K and delight us. They just haven't done it yet. Maybe they're waiting for some software elements to be resolved. Could be. Could be. That would be cool. Then we wouldn't have to buy another one next year. Well, I hope so. I haven't decided if I'm going to buy a new Apple TV because I don't use mine that much. I will use it to watch Netflix or occasionally I'll rent a movie from Apple. And that's it. I don't do much else with it. 
well, I'll have to get one just to see what it's like and play with it. If it's upgradable to 4K, that'll be great. If it's not, then I'll sell it and move on. Well, that's what eBay is for. Yep. Okay. iPad Pro. This will be Apple's new guiding star, you say. That sounds kind of optimistic. So let's look that over. Why do you think it's going to be that? I mean, on the surface, it seems to be something that's a more of a productive tool that content creators will embrace, businesses will embrace, maybe prosumers will like. I think this is a uh, attempt by Apple to breathe new life into the iPad. You know, for several quarters, more than just two or three now, we've seen the iPad sales during each Apple's quarterly report start to decline. There hasn't been any growth in this product. And so Apple's doing several things to make it more of a viable machine. I, I, I think we reached a certain level of maturity in the product. What happened was is that we, after Apple introduced Retina in the iPad 2, and after they introduced Touch ID in the iPad Mini 3, things kind of got flat. People realize that their iPads are good enough. I, I, I talk to readers and, you know, they've got iPad 2s and 3s and 4s and iPad Airs. And they're all working fine and they're not planning on grading that does everything it's supposed to do. And so everybody who needed an iPad wanted an iPad, went out and bought one. And except for the original iPad, which doesn't have an inward-facing camera, a FaceTime camera, and isn't very fast, everybody's kind of switched over to an iPad that kind of suits them. And it's working. And so Apple, I think, sat back and said, well, what do we need to do here? We need to start seeing to the evolution of the iPad as a product. We've gotten kind of flat here. And so the iPad Air 2 focuses on speed and thinness. iOS 9 focuses on slide-in and picture-in-picture and multiple screens. The iPad Pro focuses on, because it does not, have, does not have 3D touch, by the way, because it's too big and it's probably too hard to build in the components that sense the extra force on the display by your finger. But it does have the uh, iPencil, Apple Pencil. It has a bigger screen, which is going to be more of a delight for creative professionals, for people to do art on, for people to read newspapers and magazines for military, for pilots, for point of sales, for real estate agents, um, for scientists doing visualization. It's, 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 it's sort of um, breathing new life into the iPad line. And because I, I, I call it a guiding star because I think if it's a success, you're going to see some of these technologies trickle down to the iPad Air 3 such as the use of the Apple Pencil, which, you can, which can only be used on the iPad Pro right now. And, and, and so Apple's nibbling around the edges, you know, trying to figure out just what did his customers need. And, of course, the agreement with the partnership with IBM, uh, using the, providing the iPads to, to business users and supporting the IBM analytic tools, uh, is another way to sort of get into the enterprise with a great tablet. So um, it's just part of a new initiative uh, to get things going again. I think we're going to see more 
things like this in future versions. It's probably why we don't have a new iPad Air 3. It's because the iPad Air 2 was sort of the pinnacle of the old design. Let me ask you a question about that in our next segment. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer is with us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Seven-year-old female and had a heart attack in 2005. This is Alice from New Jersey. I still get angina, even with four stents. I was taking nitro two or three times a week. The very first day after taking heart and body extract, the chest pain was gone. Now I don't wear a nitro patch. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. My name is Bill Bonner, and I'm the president of the largest private news and research network in the world. And I paid for this airtime because I have an important message to the American people. There's a change coming that the government isn't telling you about. This change has deep implications for life in America, from where you shop to the doctors you visit and the family you want to protect. Look, I've made predictions like this before. Thing is, I was right then, too. A few years ago, I warned that housing prices would collapse. They did. Before that, I warned that dot-com companies would crash. They did. Those who listened had a chance to save themselves. But this has nothing to do with the stock market. This will affect us all. You can watch the video for free right now by going to disappearingwealth.com. Again, that's disappearingwealth.com. Virtually anyone can hack your cell phone and track your calls, your texts, your emails, your every movement, but only if they can detect a signal. Stay one step ahead of hackers and Big Brother with a Blocket Pocket, a custom-made pocket infused with pure silver that creates a complete Faraday enclosure for your cell phone. For free shipping to the lower 48, visit BlocketPocket.com or call 888-315-9618, BlocketPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's 
that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Turn on the news and you'll hear stories of natural disasters, political unrest, and financial crisis. In times of uncertainty, how will you take care of your family's most basic needs? Food Insurance, America's most trusted provider of freeze-dried emergency food, has solutions that fit your family's needs and budget. Our meals are delicious, nutritious, and come with a guaranteed 25-year shelf life. For a limited time, we are sending a free freeze-dried meal to all listeners of this program. Go to foodinsurance.com and request your free meal today. That's foodinsurance.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. From the Mac Observer, John Martellero, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Isle Live, and we're talking about the iPad Pro and the fact that there is no iPad Air 3. And I was thinking here, based on the conversation with Peter Cohen in the previous segment, that maybe Apple will add Apple Pencil support to a new iPad Air 3, but oh, not yes. release it till next spring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Apple tends to focus on one thing at a time. You know, they, they, they roll something out, see how it works, and then that trickles down into the rest of the product line. A lot of people won't be able to afford an iPad Pro yet. So Apple's got to see you know, how that goes and whether it's a, a winning approach, whether that's the right way to uh, appeal to a wider range, I, I, wider audience. I, I suggested to my colleague Brian Chaffin at the Mac Observer that the iPad Pro might seize 15%. Uh, of the current market share and supplement it. In other words, it won't carve away from it. It'll add another 15% to the market, which is, what, about 3 million more iPads a quarter? It won't be out until November, so it may not contribute that much to the holiday quarter. No, but the next full quarter that it's available in, uh, that'll be the test. That'll, that'll tell Apple whether they're on to something when it comes to reimagining the iPad and what it should be and how it should play a role in our lives. Certainly not everyone will be excited about the pencil or be able to exploit it, consider it a necessity, but a lot of people probably want that bigger screen. I know I do. Uh, as I wrote in my article, as someone in a galaxy far, far away might have said, this is the iPad I was looking for. I, as everybody knows, have abandoned my digital magazine subscriptions because I gave up trying to read magazines on a 9.7-inch iPad Air just doesn't work for me, no matter how the magazine lays it out, whether it's the Scientific American style or the car and driver style or just a, simply a PDF compressed onto the screen and you have to kind of scroll around to see the section you're looking for. It just never really worked. And nobody ever figured out how to create a magnificent viewing experience. But an iPad of this size... Is going to allow you to comfortably read newspapers and news and magazines and books. So um, I'll probably have to revisit that situation. 
So what are the key elements here that makes an iPad appeal? Well, certainly there are a lot of people who are ready to get rid of their iPad 2s and 3s. They want to be able to do Apple Pay as an app online, and for that you need Touch ID because Apple Pay is really taking off. They want to have a bigger screen so that they can see more and do more and have a split screen and maybe watch two different things at the same time. They want to have a, a great stylus. so that they, I know I use a stylus all the time because I hate having my iPad get all fingerprinty and dirty on the screen. So I use an electronic stylus, which has a little two millimeter tip and it's electronically driven and uh, inside has a nice feel. Instead of mushy, big piece of rubber, you've got this very nice, fine tip. It's a good experience. So I'm, that's going to be the same experience with the, uh, with the Apple Pencil. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see about how winning a product is and, or whether Apple needs to rejigger the formula even yet again in terms of what iOS 10 can do for you and and sort of make the uh, iPad all new and fresh and exciting again. If the other iPads now use the iPad Pro as their guide point and therefore scale down the extra features and they add the 3D Touch, I suppose that could be rather fascinating, especially 3D Touch for content creators. I wonder how big a screen you can have with 3D Touch. It works on a phone because uh, you can fit the sensors conveniently under the size phone that you have. But as soon as you start getting to a really big display, it could be technical issues with that vast sensor array behind the screen that senses the increased level of force. So I'm sure they're working on that. Well, I think they once were skeptical of Apple having a 5K retina display in a 27-inch screen and making it affordable, and Apple solved that problem. Yes. Those are just problems to be solved. Let's move on. iPad Pro. And now, we were talking briefly about Amazon connection with introducing 4K support for the Fire TV. Now, Amazon has released a whole new line of very cheap tablets, like $50 tablets. I mean, I guess they're getting into Walmart's space there. Very cheap consumption tablets. But there was an, another Amazon product that was a notable failure, one of its worst failures for hardware, and that was the Fire Phone. John, why was it too creepy for customers? What was creepy about it? The 3D effect? Well, there was a, a... No, that was kind of uh, interesting. It caused some people to get a little dizzy and annoyed them. And I turned it off uh, after experimenting with it for a while because it seemed to be kind of unnecessary gimmick. No, what was the problem with the Amazon Fire Phone was is that I reviewed it back in August of 2014. I wrote a very big article on it. It was something called the, an iPhone veteran evaluates an Amazon Fire Phone. Seven pages that you had to click through. I mean, it was just a massive review, and I liked it. It came out before the iPhone 6 did. And it was the 4.7-inch screen. It was black. It had good camera. It was a joy to hold. But it was out of sync, with the, I think, with the psychology of the smartphone. The, the smartphone is a device that's it's very personal. It has to be secure. It has to serve you. In, in ways that make you feel comfortable. And it has to be a, a joy to use. And it has to make you feel like you're in control. The Amazon Fire Phone introduced a feature called Firefly, which was its ability to visually scan around or have you point at something. And 
be able to determine that, you know, you might want to buy something to replace that thing that you point at that is running low on supply or you need a replacement for. And the whole idea that the phone, of course, that feature could be turned off, but that was lost on the media. The big thing was that uh, the, the phone was designed like the Fire tablets, the, the Kindle Fires, as a vehicle, as a tool to get you to buy things. Sure, you could make phone calls. Sure, it had a contacts list. Sure, it could run Skype and it had a calendar. But when you bought it, you kind of felt like the whole idea behind this phone is not to serve me, but to serve Amazon and to get me to buy more things. Now, it's one thing to have a Kindle Fire tablet and be reading a book and say, oh, I want to buy another book by that author. And you go to the Kindle app and you just easily you know, tap and, and download an electronic copy. That's, that's one thing. That's convenient. But to push it to its limits in a creepy kind of way where it, you feel like it's snooping on your life and it, it's de- designed solely in order to make more money for Amazon was a feature of the phone that didn't need to be there, shouldn't have been there, alarmed customers. It was written about as perhaps uh, the most uh, intrusive feature ever introduced into a phone. VentureBeat wrote, Amazon's Fire Phone might be the biggest privacy invasion ever. And then I went on to explain that. And, and that was probably the doom of that of that device. And, and, and so that's the difference between Apple and Amazon. Amazon exists solely to reduce friction and help you buy things that you think you need, or maybe even to promote you to buy things that maybe you don't need, but you want. Apple, on the other hand, focuses on a finely crafted device that's a joy to use and serves you and isn't particularly hung up up about, you know, getting you to buy movies, although they sell movies. And is not obsessive compulsive about how many songs you buy, although they will sell you music. It's that fine line between serving the customer and appearing to be self-serving. We have one more segment with John Martellero on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's aquaponicsource.com. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacral wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacral wedgie. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we're looking at the marketing focus of the failed Amazon Fire Phone with John Martellero of the Mac Observer. And one thing to point out here is Although the other products that Amazon releases, the other hardware products they release, tend to be priced more cheaply, largely because Amazon is hoping, I guess, that they'll make up the difference in terms of profits by selling you merchandise. The Fire Phone was on sale at AT&T, the only provider, 
for the normal price of a high-end smartphone. And that didn't work very well either. It came out at 199 because that was the industry norm in those days for a 16 gigabyte device on contract or on a conventional plan, uh, replacing a contract, depending on what carrier you're with. So it didn't do very well. From what I read, uh, it quickly had to be reduced to 99 cents. Like within days or weeks. So that when, when, when a company does that, it's pretty evident to everyone that nobody's buying it. And so its doom is sealed at that point. And then later, the 99 cents went away and it was free. <laughs> so, you know, you get what you pay for. If you're buying a quality product designed to serve you, you expect to may pay a good price for it. If it's a device that has agenda, um, then you quickly get clued into the fact that you are the product instead of the customer. The uh, Tim Cook argument, and that's what yes. that failed. Now, we understand if you have a $50 tablet from Amazon, they do not expect to earn a profit. They expect to make it very easy for you to buy stuff. And obviously, with this 4K Fire TV, what 4K stuff are you going to get? You're going to get the three or four movies they've got from Amazon Instant Video. I mean, it's the same price as the other ones, so I guess it doesn't matter. Well, it'll be interesting to see how big a bite it takes out of Apple, even though I wish Apple had included a 4K capability in the fourth gen Apple TV. I sense that Apple's going to sell a whole lot of these Apple TVs because of Apple's unique ability to make the case for what it does, that it runs apps. On the other hand, Amazon is a company that is not as appreciated as it should be for its hardware. And I don't, I don't see people perceiving that, that Amazon is providing the kind of quality and home security and, and vision that Apple provides. I think it'll sell okay, but I don't think it's going to give Apple a real run for its money, not just based on the 4K capability. Well, again, I mean, where do you use it? That same argument applied back in 2007 when I upgraded to high-definition uh, DirecTV only had a half a dozen or a dozen channels that were in high definition. People think about making a, a quantum transition. It has to be all or nothing. But in fact, what happens is, is that you buy these devices and you grow with the technology. Product comes along. You learn about what's going on. You upgrade your equipment slowly. You try out 4K content. Before you know it, your satellite or your cable provider has got more uh, than you could have imagined in it. And, and then all of a sudden the movies start flooding out at Christmas and then you feel like, well, now I need to get into this and, and enjoy it. And technology relentlessly moves forward. So if you wait until every one of your channels is 4K, you can wait until the year 2025 for that to happen. Well, understand, not all channels, even today on cable and satellite, are HD. Many That's are, true. but not all of them. That's true. I still see commercials with black bars on the side. I still see some... Well, on the DirecTV, there may be some channels, but I don't watch them. Everything I watch on DirecTV is high definition now. Turner Classic Movies, I believe, was the final one to come around. And when was that, 2012 or... 13 or so when it finally went high def. The point is, is that, in, and I mentioned this in one of my other articles, is, is that you're either learning and you're growing and adapting in this 
technological era where everything's on the exponential curve or you get left hopelessly behind and then you can never catch up. One of the articles I wrote talked about the first computers you could buy for the home. You know, there were in 1972 or 73 people were buying parts from Radio Shack and, and electronic suppliers. They were building computers and it culminated in the Apple One from uh, Steve Wozniak and Apple Computer where you had to, you, know, you bought the motherboard and you added a keyboard, a hex, hexadecimal keyboard, and you added a display and you added a power supply and you, you kind of built this little thing. And Steve Jobs came along and he said, you know, I, I see, I have a vision. I can look around the corner and see into the future where home computers will be great, but not like this. They need to be appliances. There is no users group for Maytag washing machines. There doesn't need to be. You put your clothes in on the soap and you press a button. So you don't need a users group to learn how to run a Maytag washer. So we need an appliance computer. And that culminated in the original vision of the uh, Apple II and then later the uh, Macintosh, where you just put your floppy in and you have a mouse and you compute and it's an appliance. Well, the real well, appliance, in, though, is the ultimate realization of the appliance is the iPhone. Because that is right, the computing device that doesn't need anything but, else. But look how complicated the iPhone is. Where Every day at, at the Mac Observer, we write articles about how to do something on your phone or how to configure it in a certain way or solve a particular problem. And it's amazing how many people buy their phone, get it activated on the carrier, and never know anything about its security ever figure out how to make it work for them, figure out how to work with iCloud, how to back up to the Mac or back up to the cloud, how to work with synchronization between devices. A lot of people do that, but it's amazing how complex our devices have become in 40 years since the Apple II. If you pick up a copy of uh, Yosemite for dummies or, or Windows 10 for dummies, it's five, 600 pages. You have to practically spend your whole evening, every night, learning about your device Otherwise, you're just hopelessly lost these days. So we've, we've gone the opposite route. I mean, they feel like appliances and they look like they're simple, but they're tremendously complex. And if you're not astute about keeping it up to date and understanding the security threats and being aware of phishing and reading about what's going on in terms of security and threats and what to stay away from, how to set up your Macintosh so that you, know, you don't get malware on it, all this stuff requires a tremendous amount of learning. And so Apple's a company that, that does its very, very best to educate its customers in that realm. And in, in that sense, you know, Amazon is a company that doesn't do that. Amazon is a company that is only focused on selling, not on educating, so far as I know, in my opinion. John Martellero, would you tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do? Not the thing you do, the stuff that you do. The stuff that I do. I write reviews and I do analysis and commentary and how-tos at the Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com. You can find us in all sorts of places. We are on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can find Gene Steinberg on Facebook. I'm the guy with the plaid shirt, but you can't befriend me because I maxed out. Sorry, folks. We also have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast at Paracast.com. And our guest this week is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who's written a new book called Guide to Psychic Power. And Rosemary says, we are all psychic. We just have to learn how to use those abilities. And by the way, we have another new feature 
coming shortly called Tech Night Owl Minute. Tech Night Owl Minute. Going to premiere in the next week or two. Just working on the final details now. It'll be available exclusively to those of you who subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. To find out more, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We also offer for a modest monthly, annual, or five-year subscription rate the ad-free version of this show where we zap 41 minutes of network ads. We give you higher quality audio so you can hear people like John Martellero and Peter Cohen with pristine clarity. Imagine that. They sound perfect. I never sound any different. I haven't figured out why, even with a higher resolution copy. But you'll learn more seriously at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. John Martellero, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. You bet. See you next time. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.